0: Your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM.
1: It's 8.18. In recent days, we've talked a fair bit about what we can expect for 2017, especially where... United States President-elect Donald Trump is concerned. He's just tweeted, by the way, it won't happen regarding North Korea's nukes. That's just uh, emerging. But, uh, of course, we are expecting some sort of major provocation out of Pyongyang in the coming days. Uh, Whether we're talking about North Korea, whether we're talking about China, whether we're talking about the Middle East, there is a country, though, that joins together with all the dots alongside the US, and that is Russia. So we want to go there with our latest special interview. And we've got on the line Professor Zachary Goldman, Executive Director of the Center on Law and Security at NYU School of Law, co founder of NYU Center for Cybersecurity. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Just want to quickly address a story that's also come out in the last few hours. This from Sean Spicer, Donald (laughs) Trump's spokesperson, who will soon be uh, addressing media from the White House. Uh, And he said there's zero evidence that they influence the election, speaking of Russia. Uh, How can he make that claim when so many others are saying otherwise?
0: I think there's a substantial amount of ambiguity in what one means by influencing an election. You can mean something as extreme as changing the outcome or something as subtle as changing people's impressions. Uh, And I think there's a lot of gray in between those two zones. And so I think that when uh, Mr. Spicer and folks in the intelligence community uh, talk about influencing an election, they may have different things in mind.
1: The thing is that whether Russia actually influenced the outcome of the election or tried to doesn't matter to someone like uh, the Republicans' chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee, John McCain, and several others. Very concerned that Russia would even have been allowed to try and that Donald Trump is not necessarily taking a strong stance against that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think what's important from the perspective of American national interests is that the integrity of the electoral process is maintained. And I think that to the extent our national intelligence community has evidence that foreign governments attempted to manipulate the election, whether they had uh, an effect on the outcome one way or another, is, is, is immaterial, as you noted. It's the fact of the interference that's a problem.
1: And just taking a step back for a moment, can you walk us through this scandal? It came back to uh, apparent hacking of uh, emails involving Hillary Clinton, now defeated presidential candidate.
0: Sure. Well, I I think there had been a number of different allegations over the last several months. But the the one that got the most attention, as you noted, uh, was the the intrusion into the email system of uh, John Podesta and to others... In the Democratic National uh, Party, and and those emails were publicized over a series of months um, and revealed internal party conversations, uh, internal conversations to the Clinton campaign staff, uh, and other uh, other emails that were obviously not intended for public consumption. Uh, and this caused considerable consternation among. Some folks in the Democratic establishment, uh, allegations that the party had favored uh, Secretary Clinton over Senator Sanders mm. uh, and the like. And, and so uh, um, the, the, the hacking served uh, not only to cause uh, the chairwoman of the DNC, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, to step down just before the convention, um, but also led to, to uh, negative publicity in a number of fronts.
1: I mean, the thing is, even in the most extreme scenario, these uh, these claims um, just about evened out things. And, and in many people's moral compass, they wouldn't have evened out things after Donald Trump's own voice was caught on tape speaking in rather uh, brutal sexual terms. Um, but the, the fact that Donald Trump was able to ride out that storm just shows how destined he seems to be for the White House. Can you talk to us a bit about his relationship with Russia and and why he would have a positive approach to Vladimir Putin where Barack Obama's not, for example?
0: Well, you know, it's widely publicized that that President-elect Trump has praised uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin on a number of occasions. Um um uh, it's also true that in the last several years, Russia has taken destabilizing actions in a number of fronts, uh, including the military incursion into Ukraine, supporting the, the regime of President Bashar al-Assad in Syria and elsewhere. I, I think it's it's frankly too certain to tell uh, whether uh, and if so, to what extent the U.S.'s relationship with Russia will change in a Trump administration. It may. Uh, it may not. Um, the the strategic interests of the United States, I think, transcend the preferences of any particular president, although the way in which those interests are expressed can vary greatly from administration to administration.
1: Is there any way for the United States to get tough on China, to get tough on North Korea, to be good friends with Israel and be good friends with Russia, and to get tough on Iran all at the same time under Donald Trump?
0: Well, you know, as you've just enumerated, the world is a very, very difficult and complicated place. Um, but I think, you know, it is, it is clearly possible for the U.S. to both oppose Russian actions in one arena, uh, Syria and Ukraine, for example, and to work together with Russia in another arena. Uh, the Iran nuclear accord, I think, is, is the prime example of that. So I, I wouldn't discount the ability of the United States uh, and of our foreign policy apparatus to to, to chart a, a you know a strategically sound course among uh, uh, very different uh, objectives.
1: Yeah, I mean, critics might call Donald Trump unprincipled. Others might say he's a pragmatist, a negotiator, who has actually a reasonable chance of making that stick as, as much as anyone else, it would appear, because he seems to be capable of saying one thing and the next thing they uh, piecing things together with some other action. And if if, if he gets given a bit of a, a loose tether because of that, i.e. if countries don't necessarily take his words too seriously, he might be able to achieve quite a lot.
0: Well, I think you're right that actions speak louder than words. Uh, and I think at this point, though, it's, it's simply too soon to tell uh, yeah. whether he... Uh, what 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 exactly a Trump foreign policy is going to look like. The people he has appointed to top jobs, uh, Rex Tillerson at State, uh, Jim Mattis uh, at Defense, uh, Congressman Pompeo at the CIA, have uh, 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 varying types of experience. Obviously, uh, Rex Tillerson has run one of the largest, if not the largest companies on Earth. Certainly, he's an incredibly competent person. Uh, he's never served in government, and that may or may not um, matter in terms of his ability to be an effective secretary of state. General Mattis has an incredibly storied military career, uh, and there are few people as experienced as he is. So there's, there's uh, a lot of open questions, certainly, about the way in which President Trump will, uh, for example, prioritize different competing, potentially competing interests on mm. the national security agenda. Um, um, and the way in which some of the folks that he's appointed to office will, uh, will run their various departments and will, again, prioritize different issues in the conduct of American foreign policy.
1: As you said, it's too early at this point, of course, to say exactly what will happen, but in your opinion, analyzing this... What do you think will be the key foreign policy relationship for the U.S.? Can we say that it's Russia, or do you think it's another relationship that would dominate the Trump administration's foreign policy?
0: Well, you know, certainly the relationships with Russia and China will set the, the tone uh, for the future of, of the international order, but relationships with our traditional allies in NATO, uh, in East Asia, Japan, South Korea, are critically important, and... Um, And obviously relations on our borders with Canada and Mexico, also incredibly important. So there's no single country or single issue that I think will define the Trump administration like the Obama administration, the Bush administrations before him. The world is getting ever more complicated, and there are many, many different Uh, issues that will occupy the president's agenda from day one
1: but as you said there are certain countries that seem to be linked to every single issue uh, especially those countries who like the united states are heavily influential through the united nations security council and uh, and so on we'll be watching that closely as well professor goldman thank you very much for speaking with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Great to have you on the line, Professor Zachary Goldman from NYU School of Law. We're welcoming your feedback right now. Powder Sharp 1013 for 51 per message.